0: Now, I want to dive right into the message today. Uh, We are in a series entitled Breakthrough. Started it last weekend uh, with our anniversary service. Uh, And really, it's a theme that's running through this entire year. I won't do the series all year, but really, it's something that we grab a hold of. I, I believe every year God gives me a theme for the year. I've asked Him, kind of show me a direction, and then let me point our people in that direction and have one focus. And this year, that focus is breakthrough. Now, breakthrough is an act or an instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. So it's an act or an instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Now, has anybody ever had any obstacles in your life? Anybody ever felt stuck? Anybody ever felt like, you know, you may have three areas in your life, but that fourth area, you just can't seem to break through in that area. Sometimes it feels like you're going around the mountain, around the mountain, around the mountain. It's this one area. What I'm believing for is this year, God's gonna show you the key to getting that breakthrough in that area of your life. That's what I mean when I say breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Now breakthrough is actually a military concept. Uh, It's where two opposing forces are facing off against each other and one of the forces breaks through the other's lines and brings defeat in that area, takes back territory that the enemy has. That's breakthrough. Now, for us as Christians, we're believing breakthrough that we would break past the areas that the enemy has us stuck, that God wants us to experience his best in our life. And that's in every area of our life. God has the best design, and then the enemy has a design. How I many know God's got a plan for your life, and the enemy's got a plan for your life? And so my job and my responsibility here on this earth is, God, what's your plan for my life in this area? Okay, I want to live that out. Now, if I'm not living it out, that means maybe the enemy is keeping me from living out and experiencing God's best in my life in that area. Can I get an Amen. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. It says, Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. I mean, oh, the devil is your enemy, and he sets traps for us. And so in this life, I want you to know, Phyllis spoke at our Leadership Academy this last week, and if you missed it... Man, it was amazing. I'm so proud of her. And uh, she was talking about the devil's schemes. And one uh, translation of the Bible says that he schemes. That means he plots, he plans. See, you think that it's just happenstance. Now, I want you to know that he is strategically scheming to keep you trapped to hold you back, to keep you limited from experiencing God's best in your life. He hates you and everything that you stand for. There is a war of worlds, God's kingdom and the kingdom of darkness. And so when you understand that, you begin to realize, look, I may, I may be going to heaven and the devil can't steal your salvation, but how many know he can make you live in defeat? And it's not because he has power per se, it's because we give him the power that he doesn't deserve in our life. And look at what it says. It says, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And so when I say breakthrough, what I'm talking about is, God, I want to break through. I want to take back the areas where the enemy has tried to steal ground that he has no right to steal in my life. God, I want to experience your best in my life, in my marriage. How many know God's got a plan for your marriage and the devil has a plan for your marriage? Which do you want to live out? you even had to think about it. you said woo. no come on how I many i want to live out god's plan how I many know god's got a plan for your finances and the devil has a plan for your finances if you don't you need to know that god has a plan for your family and the devil has a plan for your family god has a plan for your personal life and your emotions and your spiritual life and god does too and what we've got to say is god i want to live out your best in my life in every area Every area, and last week that's what we talked a little bit about. I, I really shared the concept of breakthrough. If you missed it, I want you to go back. Go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, you can look at it, Anchor Ben TX on iTunes. You can go to Facebook and watch the video if you like it that way. I encourage you to go back and watch it. I really believe it will help you if you missed last week. Now today, I want to speak specifically in an area of breakthrough. So last week was the general concept. Today, I want to dive into a specific area, and I want to talk about an area that impacts every one of us, that each and every one of us have struggled at some level in some degree in this area, and that level and degree is in finances. Everybody say breakthrough Breakthrough. in finances. And if I had to title the message, it would be, I hold the key. I hold the key. I hold the key. You know, it's amazing to me how many people struggle financially in life. It's amazing how many people, you, you know, they walk through life and really the, the culmination of their life, their, their whole, the summary of their life is, man, I, I, I'm doing good spiritually, I'm doing good relationally, but financially I have struggled and I've always struggled. And yet when we look at God's word, God's word gives us freedom. God gives word gives us a plan. It gives us a strategy to experience financial freedom, to experience a breakthrough in our lives financially. Now, look, I want you to know, I, I get it. Money is the elephant in the room. I get it. You know, you come to church, and it's like, oh, Pastor, you talk about anything, but don't talk about money. Now, if this is your church, I don't even have to explain this. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those that are new, because we have lots of new people that come each and every week. You know, it's funny. You get a pastor talking about money, and everybody's like, Bertha, grab your stuff. We're leaving. You know, he's messing with my money. But you go pay thousands of dollars to go get a businessman to rob you of your money as you sign up for his quick get rich quick scheme and you're gonna take notes and you're gonna gladly give him thousands of dollars. Come on, I'm just telling so at the end of the day, pastors have the authoritative word of God. Now they have principles, but if I'm in financial problem I wanna go to what God says. Now I get it. Listen, there have been churches and pastors all across America that have abused people financially. They've taken money, used it wrongly. I'm not that pastor, we're not that church. So you know, five years in, I think I now can stand up here boldly and tell you that. You know, it's one of the things we don't even pass offering plates and buckets. So just chill out. Just calm down. Ain't nobody gonna get a hat and fleece you. Nobody's gonna take up a two or three offerings. Can I get an amen? Say everybody say, not my church. Say, come on, say it's Not my church. So just, so just give me a chance, okay? So if you, if you started to get a little nervous when I said financial breakthrough, just, just give me a chance. Just, and, and see, what I also understand is if I was the devil, but I'm not the devil. If I was the devil and I wanted to keep God's people bound up financially and I wanted to hold them back from God's f- best for their life, I would sell them a lie, I would have them believe a lie that would keep them bound up because this is the truth. The devil has no power in your life except the power of a perceived lie. And so you've got to look at this. If that's the tactic, I wonder if, you know, all the church wants is your money. Is that the truth or is that a lie? It's a lie. You know, maybe there is a church and there is a pastor, but you can't say about all churches. There are a lot of great churches in this area. All they want is not your money. They want you to be blessed. They want you to live God's best. And so you have to really say, okay, well, i got to address these lies and recognize the enemy has a tactic, and that is to help you perpetuate and believe a lie that will keep you bound up, never experiencing the freedom financially that God wants you to experience. So here's my responsibility today. I want to expose that lie. I want to help you understand what God wants for your life, and if you'll give me just a few minutes this morning and really let your wall down, I really believe God's going to speak to you in a powerful, powerful way. You know, I believe this church, it's last weekend we celebrated five years, and we've given just about almost half a million dollars away into missions in five years, like we're just a church plant, and look at what God's done, it was fun last weekend, every first Sunday of the month the Kyle's family all of us get together and we have lunch and last weekend was no exception and my granny and grandpa and everybody was there and you know they were the first nine that were a part of the story and I got so tickled when my grandpa walks up and he said Jimbo he said Jim I said yeah grandpa he said can I ask you a question he said yeah he said now I know you showed that number up there you know it's about four I think it was 469,000 I, I don't remember exactly what it was uh, he said, but let me ask you, he said, that's not how much we've received. He said, that's how much we've given? And I said, yeah, Grandpa. And he goes, Phew. he said, that's, a, that's unbelievable. And I thought, you know, isn't that amazing what God has done? But I want you to know this. It's because we understand and follow God's principle for breakthrough his principles for breakthrough. So so even if you maybe are skeptical, look at the fruit of this church because we've operated in this principle. I don't believe you're the church's source. Can I just tell you that? Somebody say amen. That's that's a good thing. Because if I felt like that, then I would try to manipulate you. You know who the church's source is? It's God. It's God. So what my job is, is to teach you the truth of God's word, and then God's job is to speak to you, and then to bless you, and then you bless the church. But even if you didn't, God's going to send the blessing somewhere else. It's coming in. Why? Because it's his church. But my job is to help make sure you walk in the fullness that God wants for your life. And that's what this morning is really all about. I don't want the enemy to have deceived you. And it's very interesting because finances impact every area of your life. I mean, it's amazing. When your finances are not right, how many know you get sick? Stress, you're worried, your marriage starts to suffer. In fact, most divorces happen uh, because of uh, a lack of finances or a big part that played in the stress of that divorce was a lack of finances. And then your family, it's like, well, we can't do that. Why? Because we're broke. We don't have enough. We're moving from this place to that place because you don't have enough money to pay the bills. God did not intend for us to live that way. And yet, most Americans live broke. They lived struggling their entire life, and wouldn't it be amazing if God raised up a church here that's stationed in Rosenberg, Texas, but soon to be all over Fort Bend County with people that understood financial principles and experienced God's breakthrough in their life financially? Wouldn't it be amazing? Let me give you a couple of stats that I thought was interesting. 42% of American workers live paycheck to paycheck. So if I were to break up this room, that'd be about this part over. You guys all live paycheck to paycheck. And as I said that, your heart probably sinks because you're probably one of those people. 29% of Americans have less, 29%, have less than $1,000 in a savings account. 50% of American workers have less than one month's income saved. 50%, less than a month's income that means any disaster, any, any mishap, any breakdown in your car, anything happens, you now got to turn to debt. And Americans, on the average, they have over $137,000 in debt. That's what the average American has $137,000 in debt. And here's the tragedy the, the median household income is only $59,000 a year. How many know Americans are struggling? people are struggling. I, I would even say Christians are struggling. And so what's my responsibility? We're going to experience breakthrough. You're here. Why? So, and even if you're brand new here, it's like, why did I come here? Because God wants you to experience breakthrough. That we're not called to live like that under the tyranny of this debt and lack and not enough, but God wants us to live in more than enough. And it's so important to God He talks about it a whole lot in the Bible. In fact, the Bible talks about money and possessions five times more than prayer. Imagine that because, you know, we we spiritual like, come on, talk to me about prayer. No, no, no. he realized if you ain't got no money, whoo, it's hard to do anything else. He realized that money impacts every area. And then when you get it, if you don't do what's right, you live under a curse. He's like, look, I want you to be blessed. Five times more. Did you know the Bible talks about giving over 2,000 times in the Bible? 2,000. And 16 of the 38 parables Jesus talked about was possessions and things and giving and stuff. I mean, it's important. And so my responsibility is to help us understand what God says about finances so that we can have victory in our finances. And I want to start off with just telling you this. God wants you to be blessed. He does. He does absolutely he does he doesn't want you to be broke he doesn't want you to be in poverty he wants you to be blessed but let me tell you it's not just for you it's so you can be a blessing i get it look there's a whole prosperity gospel that's all about me i'm gonna i'm gonna name it claim it blab it grab it it's all mine it's all for me it's all this no no no, no. you gotta you gotta make sure we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. like god wants you to be blessed God wants us to live a life that demonstrates his goodness, his faithfulness, that as we obey and listen to and adhere to his principles, his blessings pursue us as people. And part of that blessing is not to live in lack and not enough. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Look at this. Rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he will not destroy the fruits of the ground nor the vine in the field where uh, grapes drop off, says the Lord of hosts. Now, here's what's interesting. He says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing, so he's going to give us a blessing. But here's the amazing part about doing what God says. He says he's going to rebuke the devourer. That means he's going to protect the blessing he's already given to you. How many have ever been that person where you buy, everybody goes, buys a new car, you buy a new car, and you're the one that gets the lemon. You're the one that gets it broke. Everybody go get something, and of course yours is the one that's broke. Or or maybe you get something brand new, and some freak accident happens, and it breaks. You got you the brand new iPhone, and just randomly, it's like in your pocket in the car, and the screen shatters. Or maybe you're you're walking around and you had something someone blessed you with, a purse, and, and somehow it randomly gets stolen out of your car when you thought you locked your door. My point is this, the enemy, when you are not doing what God says, has the authority to come in and to take the blessing that God has given to you. Why? Because you're not living under the blessing of God. And the amazing thing when we operate in his system is the Bible says, not only will I pour down blessings upon you, I will rebuke the devourer. Devil, get away. Stop. You will not touch what I've given to them. I'm telling you, it's powerful, powerful. Because it's, it's an amazing thing. You, you can random, and I'm not saying every accident you've dropped your iPhone, that's the devil. My point is the principle... Of Do you feel like things continually get stolen or robbed, and it's like, God, I just feel like I can't get ahead? I would wonder if you're living under the blessing. You with me? You with me? Okay, I'm going somewhere. Just hang with me. So what I want us to understand is the first thing is this. We experience financial breakthrough in different ways. So financial breakthrough happens in different levels. In different levels, and just laying a foundation. I've got something I'm going to show you in just a minute. I think it's going to tie it all together. We experience financial breakthrough in different levels. Here's your first level. Your first level is provision, provision. OK So when we experience a financial breakthrough, we, at the very beginning, at the basic level is that God provides for our needs? God provides your rent. God helps to provide your food. God helps to provide the gas. God helps to provide money for uniforms. And so your needs are met. And some of you, you're here this morning, and if I were to ask you if your needs are met, you would say, Pastor, they're not. I'm not able to pay my bills. I got my light bill and I can't pay it. I, my kids need uniforms and I don't have enough. And I, I, I just seems like I'm having to borrow money. Maybe you have a car that's paid for and you had to go get a payday loan. The reality is you've got a credit card and you keep charging it up. And instead of getting out of debt, you're going into more debt. What you need is a financial breakthrough, a provision. God, just provide for me. God, just give me enough to pay the bills. God, help meet my needs. And, and this is what I would say. If I were to ask you, I bet you some of you are mad at God. Some of you are like, man, I just, you know, you come to church, you got your smile on, but the truth is you're angry because God's not providing for you. You say, look, I'm a Christian, God. You're doing it for so and so. In fact, they got that brand new Mercedes, and I'm driving this hoopty, and I and it, it, it ain't ride. Right, I can't even get gas and they've got all this extra. And the reality is you just, you get a little bit bitter. You get a little bit mad. You're like, God, why don't you provide? You might even quote Philippians 4.19. And we've all probably quoted it if you've been around at all. And my God, say it with me. Meet all of your needs according to his richest glory in Christ. How many have ever quoted that scripture? Come on, just anybody ever quote that scripture? So, so you quote it, you're like, God, you're going to provide for me. You're going to meet all my needs. And the truth is this. He's not always going to provide for you. I know, listen. He wants to provide for you. He has the means to provide for you. But the truth is, if we, what we do is we say, we got God, you, but you said it, and now we say God's a liar. But if we don't go to the context of this verse, we'll miss it. And again, my job is to help you uncover the lie that the enemy is using to have you bound. Look, let me, let me just show you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15, look at what it says. So here... We have to understand Paul is actually an apostle. He's going around, he's doing missionary work, he's planning churches, he's raising up pastors, he's doing the will of God, and in verse 15, which is the context for Philippians four nineteen, look at what's taking place. It says, as you know, the Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help. Oh, oh. So this verse is talking about giving and finances. oh. Okay, so if I really begin to dive down into it, look what it says. It says, when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia, no other church gave to me. Not like this. And he says, even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. So what we know is this, the church took up an offering. So whether it was tithes or offerings, we don't know. What we do know is that they gave. They gave. What we do know is they did it more than once, is that they took up a collection, Paul's doing the work of God, planting churches, and they gave resources to Paul, and they did it more than once. And it says, look, I don't say this because I want a gift from you, rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. Now, here he's, he's really talking about Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, where the Bible says, we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. That every time we give, listen, every time you give, there is an account being credited to you in eternity. It's an amazing thing. Go look it up. Matthew chapter 6, verse 20. It's amazing. But then he goes on, he says, at the moment, I have all I need. Look, you've given me more than enough. I've got all that I need and more. And he says, I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Aphrodite. He says, they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. Now, I want you to pause right here, and I want you to know this, that when we give, it's an act of worship. When you give, every time you give. so, So giving, I mean, worship is not only when we raise our hands and we worship God. Giving is actually, I mean, worship is actually when we give. That that's an extension of worship. Look at what he says. He says it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice. It's acceptable and it's pleasing to God that God looks at the gift and he says, man, that's exactly what it's all about, and it's not because of the gift. See, the, the gift is just the outward expression of the inward condition of our heart. A heart that says, God, I trust you. God, I love you. God, I put you first. God, I put all that I have into your hands. And when we do that, God's like, that's the worship that I'm craving. That's that sweet smelling aroma. Because really what we see in the life of people, show me your money and I'll show you what you value. Show me where you put your treasure and I'll show you where your heart is. And that God understands the principle and that tithe unlocks that worship inside of us that says, God, even if it doesn't look like it's enough right here, I don't care. I don't worship those bills. I worship you. And then look at verse 19. Look that Now, under the context, now let's look at the verse that says, And the same God who takes care of me, will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. It was tied to the giving, that God, as I give, you provide. God, as I release, you bring. God, I choose to put you first in the resources, and when I do, then, Lord, what happens is now you have the responsibility to provide for me. It's a principle we see all throughout the Bible, and it's one that if we will get, we'll we'll see a breakthrough in our life. Thank you for my one amen, Bobby. Sorry, right. I got this. I'm going to preach because some of you guys, you need this breakthrough. Second level. So the first one is provision. Here's the second one. Abundance. Abundance. So this is past, like, I don't need my needs met. My needs are met. This is a great place to live. You got money in the bank. You got savings, cars paid for. Like, you're living you're living good. Like it's way better than manna, which is on a daily, daily basis. This is I'm in the promised land, somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Like there's an abundance in my life. That's what the second level really is for us. It's the overflow of our life. Maybe it's living debt-free. Maybe it's you've got means and resources to bless other people. I hate it when I want to do something for somebody and I don't have the money to do it. Anybody ever felt like that? If you've ever felt like that, that means you need a breakthrough financially at this next level. God, a breakthrough in my finances at the next level. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not out of regret or compulsion, for God loves a, a cheerful giver. Someone that says, God, it's all yours. I, I gladly give this away. And it says, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. So it is the grace of God that gives me the ability to abound. And it says, look, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need. That's level one. All that you need. Second level, look at this. You will abound. Everybody say abound. In every good work. More than enough. There's excess. There's abundance. There's, there's more than enough for me to do what God's called me to do. So there are different levels of breakthrough that we can experience financially. You with me? Here's the second one. Second thing I want you to walk away with is you hold the key to unlock your financial breakthrough. You hold the key. Look at Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. It says bring. Now if we just stop on that word, look at this word bring. You can't bring what you don't have. If you didn't have it, God wouldn't ask you. See, sometimes I think you, it's easy for us to think God's asking for something we don't have. God would never ask you for what you don't have. The boys sack lunch, the the fish and the loaves. It was what the boy had and then God multiplied. The key to your financial breakthrough, you've already got. I need you to get it. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And then look at what he says. He says, test me, test me, test me. Everybody say, test me. I want to show you an illustration we're getting ready to close show, bring, bring those doors out so i thought about this you know for me i i've preached tithing you know many times over the last couple of years but I, I really was asking god god help me to to show this in a way that your people get it because the truth is you can hear something and it goes in one ear and out the other anybody ever had that happen How many have ever had your kids do that? You're like saying something, they're like, (laughs) come on. So so I'm not going to slap you this morning, but I thought I would give us an illustration this morning of of what it looks like. Uh, Now, it's doors. I'm not crawling through a window, somebody. So I know he says, open the windows of heaven, your boy ain't doing that. I thought I'd do a a door. I could fit through a door. So doors are going to have to work, somebody. So, so here's what happens in our life, right? So, so we as people, if you don't understand that you've got the key to financial breakthrough, what we do is, God, I need my, my needs met. God, help me. I need gas. God, I need gas. And listen, this is a real deal. Like I'm, I'm not trying to clown. I know I'm being dramatic. I get it. If that's you today, I feel your pain. I've been there, I've been there. Not I need you. I need gas money. I don't have food to eat. I need my kids to buy a uniform. God, won't you help me? God, help me, help me, God. And Dwayne is God today, doesn't he? Just, I figured if God looked like anybody, it'd probably be Dwayne. <laughs> Big stud. He he makes me lust all the time. No, <laughs> so how come somebody can be so built? So anyway, I'm sorry. Sin, Jesus, help me. They, uh, God, won't you help me? God, I need a breakthrough. God, I can't make it, and we start to we start to get mad, and so. I, I need help. Just help me. And so we go buy a scratch off. Come on. Right, somebody won recently somewhere around here, right? Come on, somebody help me, Jesus. Get them numbers, get them numbers. <laughs> I know you think I'm clowning, but don't tell me you hadn't done that. <laughs> Powerball, baby. You go get the second or third job. God didn't call you to go work three jobs and kill yourself. Now, I'm all about hard work, and there are seasons where I had to grind my fingers to the bone. I've done it. I've done three jobs. But you don't do it for the rest of your life. Like, I never had a job I was too good for. But so you go get three jobs. God didn't call you to go get three jobs. You're like, God, i just, I just trying to make it. Maybe you get on government assistance. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with it for a season. Everybody deserves a hand up. Nobody needs a hand out. And I'm preaching there, but I'm going to move. I'm just going to keep, keep going. Uh, You know, so, so, so at the end of the day, God help, help. And you're mad at God because everything you need is on the other side of this. And the whole time, God has already given you the key to what you need for the breakthrough. And you're like, God, do it. God, do it. God, do it. God, give me the breakthrough. God, give me. And God's like, I already gave it to you. It's in your, your, breakthrough. Is closer than you know. You already have it. I don't care if you're 100 years old or if you're 8 years old. Everyone has the key to breakthrough in your finances. It's called tithes. Every one of you get increase. Every one of you. I, I've been tithing. My mom used to send me to church with a tithe. Since I was a baby, I just, I mean, it just, I just tithe. And I'll never forget when I needed something, what you begin to realize, my mama ain't my source. My daddy ain't my source. My job ain't my source. God is my source. And so look, young people, it makes me so happy to hear of our young people tithing. Because they understand that God has given them the key to breakthrough. And so if you don't understand this, listen, and, and this is where I feel like it's gonna, I feel like the enemy's lies being exposed. You will forever live as a victim. You will forever say it's someone else's responsibility, it's their fault. No, no. You manage what comes into your wallet. Therefore, you have the ability to manage what goes out of your wallet. And so here we are. We're like, God, I just need breakthrough. God, I need you to provide. Now, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't have a clue. That's not my job. That's your job. My job is to unlock this door for breakthrough. And you've given me the key, so I've unlocked it. And I'm walking through. You you understand? So, So then you're like, but, 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 pastor, it doesn't add up. Like that money doesn't add up. I know it doesn't add up. That's the faith walk. It never does. I mean, I lived in ministry for for full-time ministry before we did this whole church and even the church. It never added up. People say, well, how are you going to do it? I ain't got a clue. That's his job. My job is to tithe. And that's the beauty of it because now the worry is not mine, it's his. Well, how's it going to happen? I don't know, but every month it seems to happen. I I wanted to share a story. I get these every time we talk about giving and tithing. and I just wanted to read this one to you because this is a perfect illustration Of Where this level is it says since i'm a single mom with three kids It's hard for me to commit financially to any obligations and it's been really hard for me to commit to tithing God spoke to me and said that you need to have faith in me no matter what happens in your life So look pastor. I started tithing I've been tithing faithfully now and it seems like my well Never runs dry After months of my business not doing so well, I have some new clients that I constantly get business from, and it seems like any time I need money, it shows up right on time. Pastor, like you always says, it's not about the money. It's about our faith in God when we're tithing. It's about loving him and putting him first. And God reminds me of that constantly. When I write my bills out now, I put my tithe in the number one slot. There have been plenty of other times that I've logged out of another bill to stop right in the middle so that I would pay my tithes first. I want to thank you for teaching me how to tithe correctly. Somebody say, what's tithe? Tithing is putting God first. It's giving him your first and your best. It's not, you can't, God, you could say, well, I give God 10%. If it's not your first, listen to me, order matters. Order matters. It's not your first, it's not a tithe. That's a lie that the enemy would say, just give him 10%. No, no, it's got to be the first. When I get paid, I text to give immediately. It's the first bill that I pay. I've done it my entire life. First thing I pay is always tithes. Order matters. First 10% of all the increase of what God brings into your life. Amen? Is this helping anybody? Okay, so here's the second thing. So, so now we broke through this level, and we say, okay, great. I'm living in, well, I'm living in enough. Like, I'm making it. God's paying, you know, my bills are paid. God is providing. But, God, I feel like there's more. I got in debt when I wasn't living by your principles but I believe you want me to be debt free. But I can't do it off of the, the little small income that I got now. So, God, I'm believing for financial breakthrough. I'm believing for debt freedom. Anybody with me? God, I have a business idea that you put on the inside of me. Now, it's going to take some capital. It's going to take some money. More money than I got. God, I'm believing for it. And, God, I just, you know, I really, God, would you do something supernatural inside of me and, 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 and help me. God, I just, and God, God, help me. Like, God, you want me to, God, you, okay. Come on, somebody. You, give God a hand. He looks so good. <laughs> Dwayne is one of the young men that I've had the privilege to mentor for several years, and I just love Dwayne. And so we say, God, God, help, help me. And so what will happen is this. Listen, as a Christian, you'll go get business partners you were never supposed to do business with because you're trying to get breakthrough outside of God's purpose and plan. So you'll get people to invest in your company that don't have the values you have because you're circumventing God. They now take the place of God's process. You go outside of God's will and you say, man, so you go try to make it happen, just any old way you can. And the whole time God's like, listen, I never ask for what I've not given to you. You have what you need for that next level breakthrough. Someone said, well, pastor, I don't have a whole lot of money. I would tell you, stop going to Starbucks. Stop going out to eat every single day and say, God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to to give? And many times God will speak to me about giving stuff that I don't have to give. Not at that moment. I'm like, okay, God, so i got to save it. Or if I have it, it's the last little bit that I had saved. I told the story last week. You guys remember the story about the $1,000? What do you think that was? It was offerings. Outside of this church... God spoke to me to give a $1,000 to a couple when we needed 25000 What happened? I took what I had and I gave it where the Lord directed it. And guess what? We walked through breakthrough as a church. It's an amazing thing. God's not going to ask you for what you don't have in your life. There's got to be this response. And this is what I tell you. Offerings is different than tithes. tithes. You know, it goes to the local church. Offerings, now I'd love for all of you to be legacy givers. Come on, we're going to advance the purpose of God. It's amazing. I hope you give offerings here at the church, but offerings goes anywhere. That's anything you do outside of these four walls. It's anything you do inside the four walls that's over and above 10% that goes to God through tithes. You with me? So when you're given to a charity, when you're given to a missions organization, when you're given to the evangelist on television, all that's offerings, my only thing that I would tell you is don't give out of need, give out of direction. There are lots of need. God don't bless you giving to all the need. God God blesses you when you give to the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so God speaks to us. And so we say, okay, God, I'm going to give and I'm going to take that offering that I have and yep. I don't, it doesn't make sense. Might have been my last bit, but you know what? I refuse to stay stuck. I'm not going to stay here. God wants me to be more blessed than I am now, and I believe it. And so, therefore, I'm going to open up the window of heaven because I have the key to this next level of abundance. It's amazing. So here's the thing. I, I'm going to give you a story. I'll just, I'll give you a story, and then I'm going to close one last scripture. You might have heard this story before, but one of the greatest ways for abundance, and I thought it would really resonate with you, which is why I'm going to tell you again. Um, I'll never forget, it's 2010, I'm in my mid-30s, and you know, Steve and I had a real estate company growing up, my twin brother, he plays worship, he's, he's out on spring break today, <laughs> come on, <laughs> Steve, he's watching, he actually gave me feedback earlier, enjoy it. Uh, We had a real estate company and, you know, so we had properties, seven seven properties, and then bought and sold other properties. And here I'm in my my mid-30s, and I'm renting a home. I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with renting a home. It's awesome. Praise God for provision. But I believe every one of you, God wants you to own a home. I'm just telling you, I want to release that faith in your life. Some of you have been wrapped up in a spirit of poverty. Your parents never owned a home, their grandparents, but you're here to break that spirit if you would grab a hold of God's breakthrough principles for finances. So I'm like, God, I'll I'll never forget, it's 2010, it's November. I'm driving down Williams Way in my car, and it's this moment. I'm just praying, just talking to God. But in this moment, I felt a divine connection with God. And you know what I told him? I just said, God, I'm tired of writing. I, I want to own a home, didn't have a whole lot of money, working in full-time ministry, which you know, we're living in that provision. We're like, God, we're tithing, like, just, and I just remember in that moment saying, God, we just, we need, just help me, I don't, I don't want rent. I totally forgot about this conversation with God, just afterwards, it all made sense at the end, but I'm just thinking about when well, December, I get a phone call from a church that I have no idea how they got my information, no clue, I wasn't pursuing the relationship, and they said, hey, will you come speak at a disciple now? It's up in Sulphur Springs. I didn't know the pastor, didn't know anything. They said, yep, they said, we're going to pay you $1,500 now. Back then, I mean, $1,500 a lot, but back then, $1,500 would have just been like a million dollars. Like, it was a lot of money, I mean, it was a lot. And I remember, I said, praise God. And as soon as I hung up the phone, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to give that money back to the pastor. I'm like, what? Pastor? That man just offered me the money. And and I felt like the Lord just said, no, not the church, to the pastor. Like, I want you. And so, again, like a good husband, I talked to Phyllis, and I'm like, baby, you know, I feel like God wants me to give that money back. And, you know, if you don't want me to, I won't. And and she said, no, it sounds great, which she's so great in doing all that. Then the Lord really gave me a word, and so I just kind of wrote down this word, and it was amazing. had an amazing weekend up in Sulphur Springs. And these young kids, hundreds of young kids, just it was just an awesome time. And he gave me the honorarium, and I'm not going to lie, I, I really had to look at it for just a second and say, are you sure, God? And he handed it to me, and I signed the back, and I handed it back to him, and he didn't even make a big deal about it. I know. I'm like, come on, somebody. I'm like, come for the." I remember walking away thinking, okay, phew, whatever, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry I'm not as spiritual as you wish I was. I'm not. I just, I was a little, I was a little defeated. I thought, I thought he would have made a bit of your deal. I don't know. I gave him the word and just, just nothing. Listen, obedience doesn't have to feel good. So it's, and it usually doesn't because the enemy wants you to go back. And, and, and so I just remember walking away and, you know, so this January and I'll never forget, I had a couple that Phyllis and I were close to and spending time with them, and they said, hey, you've got to go look at a house in Bonbrook. And I remember telling Phyllis, she's, Phyllis gets, she, she'll go window shopping. I hate window shopping. I don't want to go look at some I can't afford. And I remember telling Phyllis, I do the budget, and we can't afford that. Like, I just know how much those houses cost, and we just can't afford it. And Phyllis like, where's your faith? I'm like, it's in the budget. Like, I see the budget. <laughs> like, I know how much I make, you know, and. I, I don't know. When it comes to finances, I just, and so lo and behold, she convinces me to start going and looking. And I don't know if it was that, the couple that showed us the house or Phyllis. I don't remember which one, but there was this house just came on the market. It was a foreclosure. So we go look at it and we walk in We're like, oh, and it was, it was one of those wonderful, oh, can't afford it. You know what I mean? It's like, that's great. Why would you do that, God? Like, you can't afford it. So we made an offer the next day. And they accepted the offer on the first day it went on the market. Now, if you know anything about foreclosures, I was a real estate company. I mean, they keep them open forever because they want the highest bidder, but not today. They accepted our offer. And then here's the miracle of it, which I thought I'd get a hand clap or something. I mean, that's pretty awesome. (laughs) You're probably in awe, but here's what's even cooler. We didn't have the money to close on the house. But someone ended up giving us money to close on that house, which we didn't bet. It wasn't one of those holy hints. Like, "Woo, we need to praise God. Praying for someone. God, we're just praying for $25. You know, and it wasn't like that. It was, okay, God, we're just, we're just believing for you. Someone walks up, gives us the money, unbeknownst to them what we were even going through, and gave us enough money to pay off the debt we needed to pay off, which was thousands of dollars so that we could afford it. And then not only that, we got into the house and paid less for that mortgage than we were paying for rent. I I could tell you story after story. I could tell you story. When we got ready, I I, I could just go on for days about it. Even when we got ready to buy this property over here, I'll never forget, as a church, we're saving all this money. We had $25,000 in the bank. We're going to go buy this property. We keep putting money in, money in. We have 50000 and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to give that money away, and he really spoke to us where to give, it. I'm like, yo, God, we're supposed to add, not decrease, like we're trying to buy a piece of property somebody, and so I pulled the trustees in, and I pulled in some of our legacy team, and told them what I felt like the Lord was speaking to us. They said, do it. What well, we got to lose? I'm like, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's going to go down pretty significantly for our building fund, and. I said, well, we got to lose. You feel like the Lord spoke to you? I said, I feel like it's the Lord. We did it. And within just a couple of months, we ended up buying that property with little to minimum mortgage on it, which would, to this day, listen, we pay less to own that piece of property than we would pay to rent out just an office facility. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. I could go on and on and it was it was because we gave when it didn't make sense. And my point is this, the only person that can tell you that is God. Nobody need like don't let someone pull money out of your pocket. You know? It's it's not about need, it's about direction. Financial breakthrough. And then I can hear somebody saying, Well, Pastor, I I know, just give me another minute. I I see that Pastor, I don't know if I need all that. I don't know, come on, man, I I feel good. I got a good house, got a good car. We're debt free. We got money in the bank. We got retirement. Yeah, yeah. But remember what breakthrough is. Breakthrough is you advancing God's kingdom. We need advancement in the marketplace. We need advancement financially through the kingdom of God. Look at this verse, Proverbs. I want to close with this verse. Because somebody could say, well, I've got all that I need. Yes, but it's not about you. God's calling you to advance his kingdom. What is God telling you? Look at this. It says Proverbs 13 22. A good person leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren. We ain't gonna leave an inheritance with $5, somebody. $10. I'm talking not, not even your children, but your grandchildren. That's what God wants us that, that we would leave an inheritance for our grand. I'm now living for legacy. I just turned 41. I'm living for the next generation. Not, not just my kids, I, I, I'm working on that. I want my grandkids. God, for them to have wealth, for them to have the the ability to advance your kingdom, to be set up in such a way that even this church, look, we can't just live for the next generation. We need the third generation of whoever takes this church to kick the devil's butt. I'm just telling you, I'm tired of him causing us to live in defeat. And half of it is money. We're broke. Not no more, baby. And then look at that scripture. Go back to that scripture. I want you to see the, the last part. The wealth of the wicked is reserved for the righteous. That's a transfer. I, I just some somebody, somebody's sitting here. You got to get this inside of you. There is a transferring of wealth, and it comes and it is attached to your breakthrough, so you can go buy more stuff. No, I'm not saying that. Let let God speak to them, but I am saying this: it's so that we can advance His kingdom. That God, we're going to experience breakthrough. Some of you, it's provision; some of you, it's abundance. But I would venture to say, every one of you is affected by this. Let me just pray over you. I, I, I hope this brought it to light in a way that maybe you've never seen it before. You've got the key to financial breakthrough in your life. Amen. What you do is just stand up for me real quick, and I'm gonna pray over you. And don't move, please. Don't. I'm gonna do an invitation in just a second. Just stay with me. Father, I pray over your people. God, I pray over our church. God, I know it's spring break, and I'm thankful for people that showed up. God, I thank you. You, You've deposited something inside. Lord, there's been an assignment. I felt the assignment all week. All week, I felt it. And God, you're unlocking things. There are people that have been mad at you, God. People that have been hurt and frustrated. They didn't understand, and I really believe it's because they've been believing the lie of the enemy, that they've been a victim. But, Lord, you gave us the key, and, Lord, I'm asking you to give us the ability to use that key. Help us to put you first. Help us to have the faith. Help us to say, God, you're first in every area of our life. And, Lord, it's, it's just us returning back to you what belongs already to you. And, Lord, there are those that are in this place have been tithing for a long time. They got it. It's been done, but God, there is financial breakthrough that you wanna bring to their life. Lord, help them listen and obey, listen and obey. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it seems extreme, God, you are setting them up for things they don't even know. Just like for me with the house, who would have ever guessed you would have blessed us four months later with that house? Had no idea that by April, we would be in our brand new home that we would have never been able to get outside of you. And God, I'm so grateful for that. I've seen it over and over with our property, with with everything in this church. And Lord, help us live that out in such a powerful and a real way. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. Look, I always want to extend an invitation. I believe there are some of you here this morning. You don't just need a financial breakthrough. You need a spiritual breakthrough. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never confessed him. as as the Lord of your life. You never put him in first place. This is your moment. This is your time. What do you do? You just, you confess that Jesus be my Lord. You receive what he's done for us. You know, I I love the fact that he paid the price for our sin. Sin is what condemns us. It's, It's us not meeting God's standard. God's standard is perfection. It's holiness. And so every time we don't meet that, we sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So when we, we don't hit the mark, the Bible says the wage for that is death. But thank God he sent his one and only son on a rescue mission to this earth. All God, all man lived a sinless life, paid the price when they crucified him, but he didn't stay dead, he rose again. And his resurrection power is in this place this morning. That's what we call becoming a Christian spiritually alive. The dead comes alive. Some of you here in this place, I believe you're, you're here and you say, man, I, God, I want that. I want the, that new life. And I wonder with heads bowed and eyes closed if we could just pray this prayer. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. What are we going to do? We're just going to pray a prayer. Just right here, right where you're at. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's the belief. It's the condition of your heart that says, God, I need you. Save me. Let's say that. Say, Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of the past. Right now I surrender. I give you everything. I give you my life. I give you my hopes. I give you my dreams. I give it all to you. Right now, it's yours. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, come on. (laughs) Worship God.